Thanks for tuning in to the Embodied Astrology Podcast. I'm Renee Sills, consulting astrologer, somatic practitioner, and embodiment educator. Your Aquarius season reading was recorded as part of the Embodied Astrology 2024 Extended Year Ahead with astrology dates and timing for your sign. If what you hear in this season's episode resonates, you'll definitely want to check out your year ahead. These annual readings are epic offerings and the results of over two months of research and preparation with this year's astrology. They're ready for download now, and they include an hour-long intuitive divination and channeled reading for your sign, along with an additional overview exploring key dates and timing for 2024's astrology, with suggestions for working with this year's main themes, opportunities, and challenges through embodied energetic awareness practices. If you enjoy my monthly and annual readings, join me sometime in my weekly class, Somatic Space, where we attune with the astrological symbolism of the week ahead through guided meditation, visualization, and gentle and healing movement practices. We meet live on Zoom every Monday from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Pacific, and you can always tune in with the recordings if you can't attend live. For those of you interested in working more deeply with your own chart, learning to read charts for others, Or, if you're an astrologer interested in working with a somatic approach, you might be interested in my foundations course, Your Chart is a Body. I'll be starting a new cohort in March with the Aries season equinox, and registration is opening soon. Check the show notes for more details on all of Embodied Astrology's offerings and upcoming events. You can find written transcripts of all season-ahead horoscopes in Embodied Astrology's virtual membership community. When you become a member, you'll also get access to the Embodied Astrology blog and our audio-video library of astrologically-themed embodiment practices and meditations. Your donations and memberships sustain these ongoing free offerings. If you'd like to support this work, please make sure to follow and subscribe and leave us a great review. You can follow the links in the show notes or go to embodiedastrology.com to make a one-time or recurring donation or to learn more about the different levels of Embodied Astrology membership. Thank you so much for your support. Now, on to your Aquarius season horoscope. All right, Aquarius season for Cancers. The page is turning. The very first day of Aquarius season, January 20th, we have the sun and the outer planet Pluto moving into the sign Aquarius. Pluto will remain in Aquarius uh, for the next several months. Um, As I mentioned in Capricorn season, uh, Pluto will dip back into the last degree of Capricorn just for about a month and a half uh, from the beginning of September until mid-November. And then it's in Aquarius until 2042. So in the Cancer solar charts, Aquarius rules the eighth house. The eighth house is associated actually with Pluto as an energetic. Pluto is considered to be the lord of the underworld and a great transformer that brings us uh, into relationship with power and potential through the portals of fear, uh, death and dying, phobias, taboos, um, and all the ways that we get entangled and enmeshed 
around power that actually keep us from true power. The eighth house is also a place like this. The eighth house is considered to be the altar space uh, in the chart wheel. This is where we go to offer sacrament and sacrifice. This is the place in the chart that is dealing with intimacy, vulnerability, trust, power. Uh, shared resources are a huge theme of the eighth house. Shared money, shared space, shared time. Um, debts and inheritances, uh, as well as things like prenuptial agreements um, or other kinds of entanglements that maybe don't have, you know, terms for them that have to do with the places where money, power, responsibility, etc. gets shared. The eighth house and Pluto as an energetic are both very strongly associated to dying. Uh, and death. And this is a metaphor as much as it is also literal. Um, death and dying are part of life. Life process and evolution require that we don't stay the same. And so death and dying as a metaphor are happening all the time as we change and evolve and need to let go. And then, of course, death and dying are happening uh, when relationships, you know, need to change their forms, when we move on from jobs that we've had for a while, when we relocate and uh, leave places of familiarity, etc. And, of course, death and dying are happening literally all the time. These places uh, inside of human psychology are places that store an immense amount of power, the places that we go when death and dying are on the table. Um, there are many cultures and traditions in the world that have a deeply intimate and quite beautiful relationship with death and dying, uh, practices that involve deep mourning Right? and some kind of um, process of being with spirits as they transition, uh, usually produce <laughs> consciousness in people that is less scared of death and dying and really can hold it in a kind of more evolved and integrated way. Um, I was born and raised in the so-called United States of America, where systemically and institutionally, there is a lot of death phobia. Um, death in the United States, as it is in much of uh, the world, is hidden from view. Uh, bodies are embalmed and, you know, made to try to <laughs> look like they're living. Uh, they are encased in impenetrable fortresses that are then, like, buried in concrete-lined um, containers in the earth and the industry of, of death is uh, very unsupportive to life. Um, as a kind of psychic or psychological space, um, what this produces culturally is uh, a lot of discomfort with talking about death and being with death. And that is true on multiple levels with death as a metaphor, as well as a reality. And I think that uh, many places um, suffer because 
there are not practices that help people deal with dying, with ending, with grieving, with mourning, with being in the unknown, or being in proximity to fear. Um, how were you trained? How were you raised? What were the possibility models given to you around what people do when situations are present with death or full of fear? What happened with your uh, parents and caregivers in your earliest environments when taboo issues were on the table? Uh, how did they meet their own discomfort? How have you incorporated and inherited those ways of being? What happens in your present day relationships when discomfort is present and on the table? How do you meet discomfort? What is it that you do when fear is here, when uh, taboos are mentioned? Um, Aquarius season is starting to bring a lot of emphasis into the potential for transformation of power. Um, the potential for transformation of power is the potential of what do we do with fear? What do we do with our own desire? What do we do with that which has been suppressed and oppressed in our own psyches, in our relationships, and in society at large? Um, as we move into Aquarius season, January 20th, and as Pluto enters this space in your chart, there uh, is a kind of subtle enlivening. And for some of you, it might not be subtle at all. It could be very blatant. But there's an enlivening of awareness uh, of these interstitial, interpermeating currents uh, running between people. And this feels like your, your nervous system actually becoming more attuned to like in your spidey sense to what's happening, uh, for yourself and for others. Some of you may feel that your intuition and capacity for psychic awareness is getting stronger. Um, if that is what you feel, then I would say from an astrological perspective, that is validated as, uh, you know, definitely a potential for this time. And I would encourage you to hone and refine your psychic skills. Um, I talked uh, in the overview a little bit about some of the offerings that I have. Um, but your chart as a body is a place where we are working every single month to refine and clarify our clairsentient skills. And clairsentience is body psychic capacity, uh, the ability to intuit through the sensing body. Um, and every week in somatic space, we do that work as well. Um, there are many places, many books, podcasts, all kinds of resources out there for people who are wanting to cultivate intuition and psychic skill. And I think that this would be a great use of 
your burgeoning capacity or maybe a capacity you've had for a long time but is now increasing. When it comes to awareness of power, your sensitivity is increasing. And power feels like charge. When I'm reading your chart, it feels like an enlivening. It feels like a quickening. It feels like capacity and resourcefulness, uh, as well as potential force. There's a full moon on January 25th in Leo, Aquarius's opposite sign. And this full moon uh, is stimulating your solar second house and the polarity between your second and your eighth houses. The day after the full moon, the outer planet Uranus is stationing direct in the sign Taurus. And this brings a lot of activation onto what's called the fixed cross. Now in your chart, the feeling that I have or the meaning that I'm going to make out of this is that you are consolidating power. In your year ahead overview, I talked about how the first couple weeks of the year are a little bit of testing. Um, there's a feeling of old patterns becoming very palpable so that you can move through them. Um, in Capricorn season, I talked to you about doing the subtle body work of tracking sensation as it emerges inside of your relational context and letting the sensation build your awareness of your behaviors, how you do the things that you end up doing. Ideally, you've done this or you are doing this as we get into Aquarius season and what you're feeling is an immense release of power and a consolidation then of your personal resource. And so here we have a moment of big potential release and you really shifting your frameworks and starting to do things differently. You are not making the same choices anymore, particularly when it comes to relationships and the ways that in the past you have gone into activity uh, in your relationships that has not led you to the places that you wanted to be all the time. Um, I think for a lot of you, this activity has to do with caretaking and compensation, and you are just not interested anymore you have other things to do. Uh, Aquarius season is um, amplifying the sensation. It's going, you need those resources uh, freed up. So that time, energy, and attention that you used to be giving to caretaking or compensating in relationships to ways of being that had you resonating in trauma mode that could be fight, flight, or appease, um, or freeze, right? You now have capacity to do something different. You are more aware of those patterns. You have different skills. The somatic tracking skills I talked about in Capricorn season will be super helpful for you because as soon as you recognize where you're getting stuck in your own energy patterns, you wanna change. And this is remarkable. Uh, I think as we get into the end of January and move into February in your chart, there are lots of feelings of you are ready for change. As soon as you feel where you're doing the old thing, now you can do the new thing. And so this push and pull between the past and the future that I talked about so much in the overview is really um, 
you can feel it, I think, as we get into February. And the feeling here is that the past is present, right? It wants to pull you into the same things. People are peopling in the way they've always peopled. You could easily get into the same conflicts, arguments, or agreements that didn't lead you to the places you wanted to be before or that you no longer want to linger, but you're not going to. You are doing something else. And in the overview, I also talked about faith versus fear. Where do you make your choices from? Are your choices and decisions coming from places of faith or from fear? I think that as we get into the end of January, they are coming a lot more from faith than they are from fear. Because you can feel that when fear enters the room, we already know what it's going to do. We know how we're going to react. We know how the decisions are going to get made. We know what the outcome is going to be. And even though fear is here, and the same reasons to be scared are here, we're not going to do the same things. We're going to take a risk to move in the direction of faith, which is the direction of change and evolution. And that will be, in many cases, more than strong enough to shift the situation and fear will be dispelled because the new opportunities are liberating and they're worth it. If you enjoy my readings and find them supportive, make sure to pre-order your 2024 year ahead reading now. My year ahead readings are deep dives into the details of the year, special for your sun, moon, and rising signs with a focus on making the most of the opportunities and meeting challenges with skill and grace. You'll get a big picture overview that spans the year, connecting 2024 to the past and future, and providing a larger context that my monthly readings just can't get into. The 2024 readings will be published by the first week of January, and they make wonderful gifts for the astrology lovers in your life. You can also now receive a 75% discount on 2023's year ahead readings, which still have so much to offer. Find more information in the show notes or in the horoscope section at embodiedastrology.com. So as we move into February, uh, there's increased activation uh, for change. We have Mercury moving into Aquarius February 4th, Mars moving in on the 12th, and Venus moving in on the 16th. These are all the personal planets. Mercury is the mind uh, coherence, cognition, conversation, communication. Mars is action, desire, passion, conflict, aggression. Venus, relationships, uh, love, pleasure, priorities, and preferences. Uh, Venus definitely deals in the realms of attachments. As the personal planets come into Aquarius, they immediately make contact with Pluto. All of them are moving uh, now in coordination with the Lord of the Underworld into the space of alchemical transformation. That means that as we move into February, Cancerian intelligence is going through a really profound transformation. And this, you know, transforming isn't like la la la, totally easy. Um, transformation is hard work. You know, you think about caterpillars turning into butterflies. They have to cocoon themselves. They actually have to become goo. They have to dissolve. 
then imaginal cells have to emerge and reorient them into their new shape. And then they have to bust out of this, you know, self-imposed uh, containment that they've been in and flutter away into their new life. So as we get into February, my feeling is that you are building this chrysalis around yourself and that you are deeply in a space of transformation. And so it could be that during this time, you're less inclined to be uh, active externally and outwardly. It could be that for a lot of you during this time, there's an intense feeling um, of a kind of internal awareness or need to um, be introverted or private. There could be circumstances and situations in your life that are pulling you into the depths right now. Your conversations are going to be more intense. Your actions will have an edge to them. Uh, desire and fear are really powerful motivations, and I think you're very present and aware of how they're moving through you. Um, your relationships and your attachments are ready to be reviewed and renewed. Uh, many of you are really conscious of the, um, the weight of things right now, the cost of things right now. Uh, literally and as a metaphor, what is the cost? What is the investment? What are you asking for? What do you require? And what is being asked of you and required of you? And for some of you, this is going to mean things are changing significantly. There may be new relational agreements that are being made during this time or that are being brought onto the table and going to need to be made in the next couple of months. Um, some of you may be working with pretty enormous transferences right now. There may be a lot of projections that you're working through, uh, projections that you have on other people, projections that people have on you. Um, there may be transferences of power, of resource, etc., that have, um, you know, no small amount of consideration that is needed inside of them. Now, ultimately, Cancer, the focus even though this is a period of time that might draw you deeply internal, the focus right now is on the future. And so the work that needs to be done, whether that is in your own internal inner world and private space, or whether that is in uh, you know, closed rooms where you are having important conversations uh, with others in ways that are um, you know, really getting into it in some way, you are moving towards the future right now. And the future that you are looking at is a future that has growth potential. And it is a future that is about change. It might be changing the world. It might be changing yourself. But you are wanting change right now. You are sensing change. Change is calling to you. The new moon on February 9th is a very powerful new moon. Um, for this work of inner alchemical transformation and change. And if you are able, somewhere around that new moon, day of the 9th is wonderful, the 8th or the 10th could work as well, um, I invite you into a very classical new moon ritual, which is a ritual of burning or burying. 
And in this ritual, um, I would suggest that you apply the meditative practice uh, that I suggested in Capricorn season. So a somatic sensing of what you want to see in terms of change. And in this somatic sensing, to feel into the present moment. What is the situation that keeps happening? What's the old situation? What's known? What's familiar? And to really let yourself become deeply aware of your inner body, your energetics, and then provide yourself the contrast. Imagine the future. Imagine the change. What do you want that's different? And then contrast and compare and ask yourself what gets in the way of you getting to that future. What thwarts your process? And that could be self-concepts. It could be insecurities. It could be value systems. It could be ways of relating or behaving. It could be certain people, certain situations, that job you've had for however long that you didn't want to work from day one, logistics, write them down, write them down. And then on a separate piece of paper, tune in with the guidance that's coming in around how do you get to this new place? What are the ways of being, the self-regard, the inner body practices, the relational observances, that support the change that you are moving towards. Burn the piece of paper that has the old stuff on it. Watch it burn. As it burns, say a prayer in whatever way that's meaningful for you and offer the energy of what you're letting go back into the atmosphere to be transformed into pure potentiality, neutral energy. Then, Take the piece of paper with the new things, what you are trying to build in your life. Take it and bury it somewhere and spread the ashes of the old over the earth or into the earth of what's new. Amazing if you want to bury it with an actual seed, but fine if you just want to go bury it in the earth. But bury it with the intention of planting a seed, that this is a seed that is now going to grow and that the ashes of the old will nourish and inform the seeds of the new. And that in that nourishment and transformation, we don't forget what has happened, but we let it change us. And then we become the change that we are seeking. That's a suggestion, just a suggestion. Take what works, leave the rest. The new moon on February 9th is a powerful new moon for work in the space of alchemical transformation and conscious engagement with death, dying, and regeneration uh, as a process and as an intention. Over the span of Aquarius season, there is so much energy available and present for you to do the new thing, especially when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes to intimacy, trust, vulnerability. 
um, especially when it comes to spaces that are shared and especially when it comes to shared power. And to do the new thing, you also really want to be consciously working to transform uh, the old thing, to let go, um, but to learn from. We're not trying to compartmentalize and block out. We are really trying to integrate so that we can evolve. This work wouldn't exist without a team. Ashgood is our website manager. Alicia Mauji is our community coordinator. Ariana Sears-Putowski prepares and edits transcripts of these readings. Gabs404 is our visual creative director. Joe Stewart is our office coordinator. And Vera Lumi composed and created this music. Thank you so much for listening. We're wishing you all the best in the season ahead. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Ooh.